Kabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's start off with uh, an Olympic review and preview with the man that's been following all the action here, Manfred Seidler. I even had him on the radio yesterday. Uh, we were so excited talking about the Olympics, so we thought we should bring him here tonight on our show. Manfred, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Great to chat, and yes, I am excited. <laughs> yes, I heard you yesterday. You even took part in a quiz. You were that excited on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> The, the quiz had nothing to do with the Olympics, though. Funny enough, I, I don't know if I was actually correct. Was oh, did they give you the answer? No, they didn't. And I saw them today. I was in the studio oh. with them today, and they just like, hey. Maybe, maybe they also don't know the answer, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's a story for another day. But am I correct to say that we can expect a medal tomorrow morning, at least in the pool, judging by what Tatiana Skunmakar has done so far in the 100-meter breaststroke? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. What is I mean, it's like, I mean, her opening round where she set the Olympic record was was just Mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal, which is now the fifth fastest time overall ever. Um, and how she she dealt with the the defending champion and the uh, you know Lily King in the in the in the heat today, um, it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think if something has to go badly wrong for Tatiana not to medal. And, and in fact, not to come back with the gold medal. It, it is hers to lose. I mean, you don't want to jinx it. You don't want to say that. You, know, you can cramp in the pool. You know, someone doesn't sleep well or picks up a bug or whatever. And then, then you know, the final day is, is, is not the way it should be. I mean, all of those things can happen. But all things being equal, it, it's, that should be gold medal number one for Team South Africa. And what do you make of how she's approached this games, Tatiana? Because she's been consistently stating that she's, well, she's been downplaying her chances or not expecting much from herself, despite all of us hyping her up in the lead up to these games. I, I think she, that's just how she is. I think she's, I mean, if, if you, you know, if you spoke to her over the years and so on, she's never been a, a very in your face kind of person. And, and she's been quietly confident, um, but never been I want to make statements. And, and remember that down in the breaststroke is not her, her favorite event. Yes. Um, so, you know, in, it, if, if she does, if, if that's how she's going in her, not her favorite event, it'll be interesting to see what she does in her favorite event. And of course, remember that uh, if she picks up gold in both, then she would have emulated the feat of Penny Haynes from 1996. I was about to ask, do you see a bit of Penny Haynes here, uh, both from Pretoria? They seem to be very close because Penny was interviewing her in the, in the pool just after the race. And even in 96 Atlanta, Penny had set a world record in the hits and then she went and she won, she won gold. Yeah, look, it, it does seem like shades of Penny Haynes, doesn't it? And it's, it's, it's really, really good. You would have hoped and you would have thought that, that you know, after what, what uh, Penny Haynes was able to achieve in 96, that something would have taken a boost. Um, and, you know, the next generations would have come through. And it's taken us, what, uh, 25 years mm. for the next Penny Haynes to arrive. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it uh, that's that's how long Tatiana's been, been on this planet. Uh, she's 24 years old. And it's, yeah, so uh, it, I, I certainly hope that, that her exploits do resonate with South Africans back home and, and, and that, you know, she does then um, uh, sort of create the next generation. I mean, she's still got a good few years in there, so we can expect a lot more from her. But it would be really, really nice to see somebody turn around and, and not just somebody, a number of some youngsters turn around saying, I want to be like, you know, I want to, I want to emulate what, what uh, Tatiana Skinmark is doing. And, and hopefully the sport can, can grow. 
So we're expecting a medal from Tatiana. We're not going to jinx it and say the color, but can the same be said for Chad Leclerc? He sneaked through to the semis today, Manfred, as the last qualifier in the 200-meter fly. Does he still have it in him to medal? I don't think so. He looked really, really good. And I hate to say this, I think this is an Olympic Games too far for him. Um, the, I mean, he, he started off in, in his uh, uh, in his heat, you know, the first 100 meters, he was right up there with, with uh, the world record holder, the Hungarian uh, uh, Malik, um, who, who convincingly won the race. And, and the commentators also saying it, it, it would take a miracle for him not to win the gold medal. But um, he did fade into fit, into fifth in that race. He was, like I said, he was there at the, at the halfway mark, and it just seemed like the steam had run out of him, particularly in the last 50 meters. Um, so he is the last qualifier. He's 16th, um, and you know, top eight will go through, um, and he's going to have to pull off a phew, something absolutely spectacular if he, if he wants to get into his, get into the final. Okay, by the way, Tatiana Skolmaka's final, folks, is tomorrow morning, 4.17 a.m. South African time from the schedule that I've seen. And then in rugby, Manfred, the Blitz Bokeh have won two from two now. They beat Ireland, they beat Kenya without their coach, Neil Powell, who's tested positive for COVID. Do you see them improving from their bronze in Rio? Well, it was interesting. We had the, the assistant coach uh, on, on, on air today when mm. it was um, on, on, in studio with your sister, sister station, 2000. And... Um, he so it wasn't the, the assistant coach. It was a, a, for, a former player, former one of the former sevens players, Jonathan McKenzie, and, and he was saying that you know it's a really good squad. It's a good team. They've got the USA to play. Things are gelling. They they're certainly not going there as a, as a team that's just going to compete. They've got they've got medal ambitions, um, and obviously if they really are a bronze medalist, then, then those would be uh, at least one step up a silver medal. Possibly a goal. I remember in 2016 we were actually saying um, they are they they are gold medal candidates and possibly even favourites. Mm. And I think the sevens team have just over the years, um, even with, with you know with, with um, players rotating and so on, they've just been able to be so consistent and do so well that you know to turn around and say anything but a a, a, a final um, would would be the target. I mean. It, it, um, they turn around and say, well, you know, we'd be happy with the bronze. I'd be very, very disappointed. But I can't see that being the case. Well, the good omen is that they're staying in the same hotel as the Springboks did when they won the World Cup in 2019. So <laughs> let's hope that does something for the Blitzbok. But a surprise package for me, I don't know about you, has been Bianca Beitendach in surfing. Um, Manfred, what can you tell us about her? She's through to the quarters. She is, and wasn't that quite a? It, it is an upset. I mean, she's yeah. she's she beat a seven-time world champion. Yeah. Um, Bianca is what 27, mm-hmm. 27 years of age, and um, and she said after after the the the, um, uh, the heat. Remember, she uh, she had to go into almost a a playoff, if you would, mm. into round two to get into round three. So what mm. happens via the, the back team, door? <laughs> correct. Yeah, like the rapid charge with the rowers, mm. and that unfortunately didn't work. So. In this case, it, it did, and that, that's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she wins this uh, quarterfinals tomorrow. She's on the semis, and both of those happening tomorrow morning. Uh, the one is at an uh, ungodly hour, something after two, and the other one is at six in the morning. Um, so, yeah, Tokyo time is, is not not my friend at this point. <laughs> I will not lie, <laughs> um, but 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 Teresa, yeah, that that is that, that is fantastic to see that that 
you know, she's gotten that far. And um, surfing a new event at, at the, the the Olympic Games. I love surfing. I love water sports. So um, if it just wasn't so early, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll make a point of watching this the, the semi-finals if she, if she does get through to it. But just getting through to the quarterfinals, I think, is a phenomenal achievement for her already. Yes, and of course, weather permitting when it comes to sports like surfing, and there is talk of a tropical storm that could hit Tokyo, so we hope that stays away at least until the end of the Games. You mentioned the rowers here, Manfred. They've been disappointing so far. Are you surprised? Very, very surprised. Absolutely surprised. But just on the weather, if a typhoon does come in, maybe we'll have some big wave surfing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one also. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, but look, the, the rows, I think, I think no one is going to be more disappointed in, in the performance than them themselves, and especially the fours. They were, they were expecting to come, you know, to be challenging for the medals. Um, and it just didn't seem to gel on, on the, on both the days. I mean, um, they were doing the, the, the four teams that the, sorry, the four of the five teams that they rode against in the repertoire um, yesterday, they'd actually beaten a few months ago. Um, so we don't know if something went wrong in the training. If mm-hmm. it's, it's been just that little that little tinker. It's like almost like somebody said a comparison. It's like that one run too much for your comrades' preparation. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that we don't know. Um, Roger Barrows was after the first round was stumped. He admitted it. He said he actually didn't know what was going on, and um, yeah, um, they tried. They they thought they'd figure it out and they tried to tinker, but it's a very tight turnaround. And uh, unfortunately, no, um, you know, no no progression to the final. So they go to the B final, but there's no medals for that. And I I would imagine that. Um, especially because most of them have, have already won medals, that they would be gutted with, with what happened. Talking about it being one run too much, was it was it one training session too much for a Hendrik Kuhlman in the triathlon? He could not finish. He was looking good. He was there in the hunt, but mm. an injury came, um, f- fled up during the 10-kilometer run, and I read that he actually was injured in training. Yeah, that's, that's actually... Uh it possibly is one run too much because he was. He actually said that in training he was, you know, his sessions he was running personal bests, he was performing personal bests in his training sessions, and maybe just maybe that was one run too much, so to speak. And, and um, he was, like he said, if it, if the race had been three weeks ago, he, he, he's hundred percent confident that he would have blown it away. Um, and he was a medal opportunity for Team South. Remember, he won mm. bronze in Rio, but mm. no one expected it. And he certainly matured and has, has become a really, really good uh, triathlete. Um, so that that is that is very disappointing and very sad. And and which of course raises the question: What happens in the relay? Because Richard Murray, of course, was part of the team and mm. was supposed to compete in the individual event, but. He recently had a heart operation and opted out of the, the, the actual race to be fit for the relay. The question now is what happens to he even feel the relay to because Henry Skuman's uh, knee, ankle are, are not, in, you know, they, they're, not, they're not right. Um, so will we even have a relay team? I suppose we'll have to wait and see on that. What about Ashley Mulman Pasio in the women's road race and cycling? Will she be satisfied with the 13th place? It's interesting. I, she she posted something on Instagram uh, um, after the race, and and you could see that, and you could literally see she was disappointed. She was, mm. she was, she was 
going to put herself in line for, for a shot at the medal. Um, and it, it's ironic that the some of the most experienced teams in, in excuse me, in the international road cycling misread the the well, misread the break from Anna Kiesenholz. What was that? What was that? Yeah, look, I mean, she. I I think Anna Kiesenholz pulled a pulled a pulled a blind one on everyone. I mean, she when when the, so when they started the, the cycle road race, the first yeah. few kilometers were in a neutral zone where everyone rides easy together and so on, and then the lead car drops the flag and off they go. Um, and as we always see in road cycling, there's always a breakaway. Yeah. Um, I mean, South Africa's Carlo Oberholzer went with him, and mm. um, Anna Kieselhofer was part of that breakaway, and she just never came back. Um, and it, it's quite interesting. There's there's an article going around uh, that was posted on, on I've seen it on social media, which is obviously been put in the, uh, the newspapers and so on. How she is she is a doctor, and how she analyzed everything. She analyzed the heat, the temperature, the humidity, and all of that in the preparation and her training. She literally planned this entire race down oh. to the last iota. Um, and it paid off. Um, you know, and, uh, the interesting thing was that Annemiek van Fleet, the, uh, the Dutch lady who finished second, actually thought she'd won. She was celebrating. <laughs> she was. And, and then she started, and, and then when she, when she realized, she was gutted, I mean, obviously, but it just goes to show how the Olympics are very different to a, a, a classic road race, a one-day classic, or a stage race, you know, like the Tour de France and so on, where the team cars have communication with their mm. riders. In this case, they didn't have it. So nobody in, in the chasing peloton actually realized that Anna Kiesenhofer was gone. Um, you know, and they, because you know, in the latter stages of the race, there were there were there was no urgency in trying to close them down. Mm-hmm. There was no urgency in trying to close it down, and yeah, um, well done to to the Austrian. That you know, paid off. That that was incredible. If you didn't watch that race, you must go and watch it. You'll see number two when she crosses the line. She starts celebrating because she thinks she's won it, but she didn't realize that there was somebody miles ahead of her that had already finished the race. And yeah. when she was asked, the world champion Van Fluyten about. Um, Kirstenhofer, she said, I don't even know who she is because when I was preparing for the race, I didn't worry about her because nobody knows who she is. And look at what happened there. And the hockey teams, Manfred, they've shot some fight. The men led 3-0 before losing 5-3 to the Netherlands. The women were leading 1-0 today against Great Britain. They lost 3-1. How do you sum up their performances so far? I I think I think it's it's, it's, look, they they are playing with, you know, they're playing the skin out. Uh, uh, you know, they, they really are. I mean, for 25 minutes, the men were absolutely dominant. And the, the problem, though, is, is that, and there's a whole host of problems. I mean, the Dutch team is ranked number three in the world um, for good reason. They come back to win 5-3. Um, they have access to millions of euros of, of support fund. You know, our, our teams, both of them had to get crowdfunding to go to a training camp. Um, there's just so many differences and of course it's a lot easier for Holland to just cross over the border to go and play Germany or to go and play France or whoever because they're literally on each other's um, literally on each other's doorsteps where in, 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 in Africa the South African team really is so far ahead of the rest of the African nations that they're not getting the competition they need mm. so they actually do need to be finding themselves on a 
and I don't know how long, maybe a six-week or a three-week tour of Europe to play these, these guys. And, and like you look at what happened with, with uh, the women's netball over the years. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they gradually started to, to get into uh, tournaments where they were able to play the top, you know, the top three in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and it's paid off, you know, so I think that ball team has improved. Mm-hmm. So I think, the, you know, the hockey the, the hockey teams, both of them are playing their hearts out. They're playing to the best of their ability. Um, but to make that, to get to that next level where they, they become contenders for a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and possibly even a final, something drastic needs to happen um, where the sport gets support that they can go to, you know, and compete in these international tournaments. Yeah, and we kind of, we kind of our Atlas crowdfunding to go to the Olympic Games. But we're going to have to leave it there, Manfred. There's so much to talk about just because of time. We're going to have to leave it there. Are you back on the radio tomorrow? I am. Yes, I am. So uh, Early morning uh, on Radio 2000. Uh, I believe there will be a, a crossing tomorrow morning. Uh, okay. But we're on air between 12 and 3, uh, oh, okay. Monday to Friday, and then on the weekend, 3 to 6. But, uh, yeah, and then hopefully we will catch up as well. Okay, great stuff. Thanks for speaking to us, Manfred. You do follow him also on our social media there, a man who's following everything that is going on at the Olympic Games. It's Sportsman SA, right? Sportsman SA on social media. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we've got more coming. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, we've received a couple of voice notes here after those clips we played of Chris Bongo and Walter Mukwena who are paying tribute to the now late Kujua Manko. So I think let's go there first. Ah, Travis, ah, it's sad, man. A giant is fallen, Kujo Amanko. Ah, that man, I know him so long, man. I never want to lose my respect for him, man. You know, I give thanks, man. Rest in power, Kujo. It's my wonderful mulo. Hey, I am by my daughter, Salis Bong, and those of our Good evening, Tabiso and the SFM listeners. This is Ungosinati Walls from East London. Tabiso, on the passing of Ukucho, it's very devastating, and I do not want to lie. He has touched our hearts. I'm not a TV person. I follow sport because I love sport, and I follow uh, the football through the social medias and the online platforms and i've grown to understand the thinkings and the analysis of umalum and i'm so sad that one of the our own uh, from africa he came and we embraced him he embraced us and with love may his soul rest in peace it was so shocking when i saw it when you say you, you posted it on the news and um, i could not believe it because it was just too certain Tabiso, we need to, to take care of each other and completely and constantly try to check on each other frequently. Uh, good evening, Tabiso and your team. I just wish to extend my deepest sincere condolences to the family of Kucho Malume, his colleagues, his friends, and everybody who knows him. May his soul rest in eternal peace. Yeah, what a great man. What, a, what an amazing analyst. Yeah, So let's see Thanks, Tabiso. Bomusa Matebula here from Danhausa, Kwazulata. Okay, thanks for those. And I did say we'll hear more from Chris Bongo and Walter Mukwena. So let's hear from uh, Mr. Bongo. When you give Kujo, the opportunity of speaking, he always have words. 
Kuju was really an African. He spoke highly of this continent. He spoke highly of Ghana. And like me, he spoke highly of his adopted country, South Africa. If you want to know what we would miss about Kujo, it is his character of making everybody around him feel welcome. If you're a young person, Kujo will fit into your life and you will think you're a friend with Kujo. If you're an elderly person, Kujo will fit in your life and you're gonna have a conversation with. If a politician, Kujo will have a political story to share with you. Kujo was like a chameleon. He changes his color to fit the environment where he is for his survival. But it was in a very good way because he ended up making a lot of friends. Okay, let's move right along and talk rugby now because the box played against the British and Irish Lions has been a highly anticipated test series. The Lions winning the first one, 22-17. And Loise Volvo joins us on the line now. Man, that needs no introduction. Loise, good evening from us. Thank you for taking our call on SAFM tonight. Um, thank you, Loise. Um, and uh, good evening to you and your listeners. Thanks, Loise. Is it a tough loss to take for the box or is the hope that they were not outplayed and, and will bounce back? It is it is a tough loss, and and um, and they know how um, the South African fans are their passion, um, and um, and when the Springboks uh, play, uh, the country literally stops. So so they also know what's at stake. But um, I think it's it's one of those games where uh, look at some stage uh, there are out of control things that that can happen in the field. Um, but I mean it's a tough one for the players, but also it's a tough one for for the fans. Mm. A lot's been said, Lozi, about the rustiness considering this was only the second game for the box after the World Cup in 2019. How much would you say that had to do with it? I think it's a, it's a massive improvement. Um, um, I mean, literally what you just said now, which is the second game um, in, in such a long time mm. and, and, and for them to, to play like that, uh, um, it was just the unlucky bounce of the ball. Mm. But um, they could have won that game, so they can take a lot of positives from from that game going forward to the next one. A lot's been said about the officiating. It's come under scrutiny, two disallowed tries. Even uh, Rasi was posting some videos today. Were, were they the correct calls, though, in your opinion? Look, um, it, it, I think it's hard sometimes because the ref um, has, um, what, about two, three seconds left and... I mean, not, not left, but to make a call. Mm. Um, uh, but then um, you you, you, you kind of it's it's gone. I mean, it, it, nothing will change at, at this moment. But it was it was harsh. But um, I think we can we can learn from that. And and sometimes um, it maybe not depend on those little calls for for the game to go um, our way. But uh, they hurt man. But I think it's part of the game. And and we move on and and, and learn from that. As a country, or as a Springbok. Would you say a Colby was targeted by the Lions, especially with the high balls there? Look, I think every team has, has um, a different game plans, um, uh, regardless of, of who's playing. Um, and I think they played the same game with uh, SAA and and um, the all the, the domestic teams. Mm. So it, it's something that they, they've been practicing, and it's part of the... the the games and and look, you are gonna miss one or two high balls, 
Um, uh, but I, I don't think it, it should be a matter of um, a certain player. There's, there's so much that goes in um, into catching high balls. Are the players escorting back? Are they blocking? So, so there's so much that goes into um, those high balls. And, and look, Chevron has, has done so well and, and he's still going to do well um, as a player. So, uh, it, look, they, they executed their game plan and that's what I can take from that. Mm. And then a lot was said about the front row. People are questioning, especially the inclusion of Oxenje, uh, even though he, for me, he was, was one of the form props in the country and I think he did silence his critics. What did you make of the performance of that front row, especially Trevor Bongi and Ox when they played together? Well, they, they played very well um, um, when, they, when they played together. Um, and also in the game, look, they, they had some, some chemistry going on there. Um, and, and, I, and I think they, they can lift their heads up going on to the next game, knowing that um, they did very well, uh, not just for them, but for, for their teammates and the country. Um, um, yes, a, a lot has been said about maybe the momentum. We lost a bit of momentum when, mm. when, they, when, they, when they came off. Uh, so I, I think, look, it, it's, a, it's a game of 23 players, um, and um, you, you, you're not guaranteed or... You know, not everything is going to go well or, or bad when, when, the, when the bench comes on. They, they come on, there's a mission for the game plan for, for when the bench comes on. So um, those guys that started, I think they played very well. So were you surprised by the early changes or did maybe they have a, did they have a lot of faith on, in the bench, like you said, the bomb squad, as they call it? Yeah, look, um, like you said, it's the second game, a proper test match um, uh, after such a long time. So... so some of the guys are going to be fatigued, um, so um, the, the, the coaching team will go into a game with a, a certain strategy, and that that possibly has has worked before. And and look, the bomb squad has, has, has performed very well um, for so many games. So there's, there's always a plan um, into each and every single game. Okay, for those just joining us, we are speaking to the former Springbok wing, uh, Loazi Mvovo, who is just giving us his thoughts on the game. So he's basically saying no need to panic here. Um, the box could have been a bit rusty, but they were not that bad. And uh, they can bounce back in the second test. But let's take a voice note that's come through on 061-4104-107. Tabiso, when it comes to our match against the British and Irish, like, you know what, our boys, they tried. You know, I think they were beaten by a TMO. How do you disqualify the... Uh, a try and then you say you don't have clear evidence then if it's like that you must award a try but like yeah anyway five points taken away from us what can we do but like Bona, i'm so proud of the boys zico smith from macau okay thanks for that zico smith we did touch on that with loazi loazi do you expect changes in the second test this weekend or which changes do you do you expect no um i, I don't think like i said i don't think we should panic we should and um, and the, press, the, the panic button um, uh, so early. Those guys played really well. Um, I mean, like like what you watch no just said now. Mm. If if it's not clear and obvious, then why why is it not a try? So so those little things that 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 go you not go your way shouldn't um, make you press the panic button now and do all sorts, all sorts of changes. Those guys played really well, and and I think the. They understand the, they'll understand the loss and, and how um, their friends and, na- and the nation feel, and they'll take that uh, upon their shoulders and, and, and make sure that every every little thing coming come the next game is executed according to plan. So we can expect. 
We can expect a backlash from the Springboks on Saturday. Yeah, look, of course, they, they, it's a team that doesn't like losing. Um, so, so, trust me, next week it's going to be a different game. Lovely, Lozzy. Always great talking to you. Thank you very much for taking our call here on SAFM tonight. No need to panic, right? Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need to panic at all. Okay, we'll take your word for it. Lozzy Mvovo knows the situation much better than all of us. Still two test matches to play, and the good thing is that it'll go down. Okay, well, maybe but not go down to the third test because if the Lions win, yeah, and then it's 2 0. But if the box win, then it's definitely going down to the decider and all the test matches being played in Cape Town, of course. We're going to take a quick break and then after that, we will talk about the bust up or the bust up in the Olympic football team's camp in Japan with players threatening to go back. That story was in the city press yesterday. Good evening, Tabison. Good evening to uh, Mr. Loazimvovo, Libra here from uh, East London. Well, it's very disappointing that they lost, but I think they will come back in the second test because, to be fair, Tabi said they dominated the first half. Uh, they allowed the British and Irish Lions to come back. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what happened there, Libra, my friend, but you also came late, Libra. Hey, eh? Where were you? Where were, where were you between... 7 and 7.30, Libra. You must answer that question. Anyway, let's talk uh, about uh, what happened now in Japan. And uh, we are joined on the line by City uh, Press Sports Editor, uh, Mr. Timothy Mulobi, just about a story he wrote in the paper yesterday. Bratim, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Uh, evening, Taviso, and evening to your listeners, or should I say Mr. Musia? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Taviso is fine, Bratim. but oh, okay. big story in the paper yesterday. I mean, when did you get wind of it? Uh, earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, in fact, on the day that they played the first game against uh, uh, Japan, that's when I got wind of what really transpired on the eve of that crucial game. Sure. So, so what happened there? Because your story says that there was a bust up and they almost came to blows, the coach David Notwane and the team manager then, Mr. Sabam, who's there in Tokyo. What were they disagreeing about? Uh, from, from what I gathered is that, uh, uh, remember, when you are at a tournament like the Olympics, you are given uh, uh, grounds, like training grounds where the team has to train. And on match day minus one, which is a, a day before the game, that's when you go and train at the, the real match venue. That is the first time that you go there. So what happened on the the eve of that match? I think they were scheduled to train from 7.30 because of, of COVID protocols, obviously. The team has been divided into two groups, uh, which means one group, uh, one uh, has its own path, and that the rest followed uh, in another path. So the the first group arrived on time, which had uh, uh, players and the technical team, and the second group arrived almost more than 20 minutes uh, late. So what happened is that, you know, when they got there, it was like business as usual, and I think uh, they were with the HOD or the manager uh, in this in this instance uh, uh, in that part. And then when they got to the pitch, uh, they cheated and then they joined the rest. And, and the coach expected at least an explanation to say, uh, we are sorry, we are late, and nothing happened from what I gathered. Uh, they prayed, and just before they could 
Uh, start, remember, they're already 25 minutes late, and mm. they are located an hour uh, at the venue. And the coach said, but this is not acceptable. Uh, at least I expected somebody to own up and be accountable. And then he said the, the case closed, and they, they continue with their training session. Uh, apparently, this did not sit down well with the, with the manager. And then uh, immediately after the session, he confronted the coach. Uh, and then he said some 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 words that uh, uh, the, the, those exchanges that uh, something like "undi kela gabi," you mm. would know better. Mm, uh, mm. Uh, so apparently the coach also responded uh, because he could also speak closer, and those who were close to them because they were pointing on fingers mm. had to intervene and separate the two. But it was that ugly that uh, they almost came to to blows. In front of the players? <laughs> uh, in Africans, they'll say, they said mm. In between, uh, everybody was there. Players were there. I mean, they just uh, got kicked and they were ready to leave sure. uh, when, when this happened. In front of everyone. And then the issue of contracts also came up in your story, uh, Timothy uh, Mulogi. As if that was not enough. Uh, after that, uh, remember, this is still a uh, uh, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, when they got to the hotel, there was a, a meeting between the manager and the players. Uh, surprisingly, uh, or not surprisingly, in our case, the issue of contract uh, was mm-hmm. never resolved. Because uh, we know uh, we've got a history of players uh, when they go to tournaments. Uh, they have to sign contracts and... Uh, so they couldn't agree with the manager, and uh, it was like, uh, uh, take it or leave it. Uh, either you want to represent the country, or you can go home, we can book flight for you to go home tomorrow. And uh, apparently players said, no, uh, that is welcome. Uh, you can oh. come and uh, book our, 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 our flight to go back home. Uh, we sacrifice to be here. And then for you to come and tell us where to go to, to get off, uh, it's not acceptable. Uh, remember, these are professional players. Uh, some of them would have known from their colleagues or teammates uh, that this is what happens when you go to a, a tournament like the Olympic. You have to sign a contract uh, where you agree or disagree on certain terms. Uh, but surprisingly, this was not done prior to them leaving the country. And it had to take, uh, I must comment from what I gathered that, Mm. Uh, the CEO had to intervene from here. He had to call the players. He had to call everyone in the room and uh, resolve the matter from here. For those just joining us, we are catching up with the City Press Sports Editor, Mr. Timothy Mulobi, Team Spirit on Twitter, just about a story he did yesterday in the City Press, a backpage story about how the under-23 coach and the team manager, Mr. Sibamo, head of delegation, almost came to blows at a training session. And then the issue of contracts came up. The players didn't have contracts, clearly going to Tokyo, and they threatened to go back home if they didn't get their contracts. So we'll just take a quick break. If you have any reaction, you can send it to 061 for 107, that's the number for voice notes. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Evening, dear member Tulane from Holland. I think the team manager needs to be put on disciplinary hearing because no one needs to disrespect the coach. The coach gives a schedule to a team manager, then the team manager goes to the players and addresses the players about the schedule that was addressed by a coach. If the players arrive 20 minutes late, then you don't account to it. 
which means you think you're better than the coach and the team manager needs to be fired or go to disciplinary even though it's a volunteering job but that is unacceptable in the side of a coach and the coach needs to apologize to the team manager so Patrick here from Port Elizabeth. We always have to deal with matters like this. Are we not growing in football or any, actually let me say football, will this always affect us in each and every tournament that is played? When will this childish behavior from Safa to all the stakeholders in sorting the things prior a tournament so that people can focus on playing the game. Yo, this has been happening ever since I can't remember. I can't remember. It's been happening almost every time we go to a major tournament. Ah, this must stop, man. Okay, thank you, Patrick Ketzer, for that voice note. There are two interesting points here that are made here, um, a team. Maybe the first one is, you You also said that this is not surprising. Why are these matters left always until the last minute? Traviso, I remember back in 1998 at the Pekina tournament, mm. there was a similar issue with the senior Bafana Bafana team. Uh, I was in... in, in it didn't happen in 2004, I was at Tunisia. In 2006, in Egypt, it happened, uh, the issue of contract. Uh, I would have thought by now they would be in a position to iron out all these things long before contract. I think it should be a standard thing. Uh, maybe they didn't anticipate this because uh, maybe before it was a case of the under-23s are regarded as uh, semi-professionals. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case anymore. These are professional players who earn a living at their clubs. Uh, so, and uh, mind you, like I said, they, 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 they are teammates with or some of them are in the Bafana Bafana, so they know the norm. They know what 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 happens prior to a major tournament. So that's why I'm saying um, it's surprising that uh, this matter was not uh, resolved uh, before the team could leave. I mean, they spent a, a week in at, at, in camp in in Pumalanga where uh, it should have been resolved. But but the one thing that I'm happy about is that uh, you know these kind of issues uh, they always come up. Uh, after events, uh, and, and it looks like it's our grapes from certain people. Yeah, it's good if they come out to say, even before matches, that this is the situation. I mean, these are basic administrative issues that uh, should not be happening at this moment. I agree with your caller from Tevera uh, yeah. uh, that uh, this matter shouldn't even, we shouldn't even be talking about them anymore. And I remember one of the former players told us during the 2002 World Cup before they played Spain, in the last match which they lost 3-2, they were locked in meetings until 3 a.m. in the morning because there was an issue of contracts that was a big problem and they didn't get any sleep um, that night because they were called to the to the team meeting from I think 11 up until 3 in the morning discussing this issue of contracts and the issue was that the overseas base players were getting more money than the locally base players and the overseas base players actually stood up for the locally base players to say no we must all get the same money because we are all at the same World Cup another point that came from that voice note is the issue of the head of delegation Mr. Tim, Tim Mulobi I don't know if I can say you, you, you would have seen this coming here because uh, two weeks ago you wrote a story in the paper again that there was some controversy over the selection of Mr. Sibam to go there with the Tokyo team. 
Yeah, uh, remember, he's always been the HOD of of of, uh, of the team. Uh, but HOD this time is not needed. Uh, remember, when you go to an event like the, the Olympics or mm. Paralympics, uh, you are under the umbrella of Sarskok. And Sarskok has got a, a chef de mission mm. and a deputy chef de mission who are, who, who are both the head of delegate uh, of, of, of Team SA. So they, you they, you don't need to have an HOD for 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 a particular team, uh, but the manager, because if you've got the manager, obviously the manager will be responsible for day-to-day logistics. Uh, then what happened is that uh, Mr. Zibam was parachuted uh, to from being an HOD to be, to to being a, a a team manager in this particular instance, uh, whether it's got the uh, capabilities of doing that, uh, it's something for another day. Uh, but so far, uh, I doubt it. Uh, if uh, last week's incident uh, is anything to go by, so you're not surprised by that performance against Japan because it just looked flat. If all of this happened before that game. Uh, I think the, it's not only that. Uh, you could ask yourself psychologically, like the example that you just gave of players being up until 3 a.m. when they should be sleeping, psyching themselves uh, for the match, or whether they, are, they were mentally ready or not. But uh, uh, I agree. The, the game against uh, Japan, they were not there. There was a much, much improved uh, performance uh, yesterday. But against Japan, we were just flat, whether it was issue of objective on the day or the, the lineup or uh, other factors that affected the team, uh, the players mentally, we don't know, but they were not there. But the good thing is that uh, at least uh, yesterday they came out of their shells. We don't know what happened. Maybe they told themselves that uh, this is, uh, let's go and, and show them what we are made of. And then they did, they did as proud, even though we, they didn't win the game. Okay, last game against Mexico on Wednesday. Thanks for speaking to us, uh, Tim Molobi of the City Press Sports Editor. Thanks, uh, Taviso. Uh, anytime uh, you need me, I'll avail myself for myself for the listener. Okay, we're going to need you every Monday because you always have big stories in the City Press. But let's leave it there before you tell me about Sunday Kaila Gag, Biwen. Good team.